Today's guest is on a mission to create a global surf brand, despite at one point having to write a farewell letter to his wife and kids 80 kilometres off the coast of Sumatra. It's a Hold Your Breath episode 476 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Reed. And welcome back to your weekly dose of big wave marketing. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. You Infinitely more importantly, you're a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. And that's exactly what we do around here. Plus, you can join our free Facebook group if you want a little bit more marketing love for some ongoing accountability, discussion and support. All you need to do is go to Facebook and search Small Business Big Marketing Tribe. Big episode today. Longtime listener and Surefire Boards founder Mick Slattery shares how he's on a mission to create a global surf and stand-up paddleboard brand despite some business and personal challenges that have been thrown his way. Another motivated listener wins big in this week's monster prize draw for implementing an idea that's completely rejuvenated their passion for their business. That's in their own words. I like it when that happens. And I'll let you in on next week's guest, whose clients have included, how's this for a list, Sir Richard Branson, Lady Gaga, and Tony Robbins. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Righto, let's meet Mick Slattery, who's the founder of Shorefire Boards, a small stand-up paddle and surfboard business based in New South Wales. Now, he started the business as a side hustle in 2009, love these side hustle stories, before going full-time a few years later, only to contract an autoimmune disease that nearly crippled himself and his dream. Now, Mick made the trip up from Sydney to join me in my Noosa studio, which I'm very, very grateful for, where we talk about the challenges of taking the business from a side hustle to a full-time concern, what to do when a price war starts in your industry, how contracting an autoimmune disease changed absolutely everything for him, his family, his business, the joys of manufacturing in China, and plenty more business and marketing insights. So enough from me. Let's go and meet Shorefire Boards founder, Mick Slattery. So Mick Slattery, finally, mate, welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show. Awesome. Thanks so much. I've just got one question for you, mate. Yeah. What's up? Ah. Hey. <laughs> Clever. I had to get that out of the way. Why you know? not? Get it straight off the Famous bat. Famous from a dad joke. Says, yeah. Get that one out of the way. We can talk serious business. But before we talk serious business, I have a confession to make around stand-up pedal boarding. Okay. I think it's really boring. Ah, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I did it once, right? And it was on a flat river. Uh, it was down at like uh, Currumbin down on the Gold Coast, right? Yeah. And I was really excited about it. And I thought, this is unreal. I'm going to do it. I'll do it once. And then I'm going to go buy two for my for my house up here. And just, you know, anyone who comes along can take them out. And I just, you know, I was like, this is the most boring thing ever. <laughs> not only that, I lost my prescription sunglasses. <laughs> so it's like, I left them a bad taste in my mouth. Oh, that's no good. No. 
I think it might be more fun in the surf. It's definitely more fun in the surf. Right. Or, or where you can see the reef and everything underneath you um, when you've got good visibility. But I do that when I ocean swim every morning. Oh, I swam over go. some stingrays this morning. Oh, beautiful. And I got whipped <laughs> by a stinger, so I'm not that happy. A little <laughs> mark on my face. Hey, buddy, um, I reckon, just looking at your business and talking to you before you come on air, you are running a business that you absolutely love. Love it. Love it. Can't say anything more about it. It's my passion. Isn't that good? Yeah. What were you doing before you started making stand-ups? Uh, project management. Right. Yeah, so... Bored off your tree? Sorry? Were you bored? I, I didn't mind the work. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, I do get bored, you know. It's, uh, Generally speaking? Well, I like trying new things, doing new things. Yeah, yeah. You know, pushing myself constantly, and yeah, I, I do get stale if I'm in something for too long and, and nothing's really happening. So yeah, okay, yeah. So so how did you get into the whole surefire boards business? It's your little kind of baby. Yeah, so um, I dabbled in surfboard shaping um, throughout you know schooling and and after school, hung out with surfboard shapers, learnt the craft. Um, everyone said, everyone said, don't go into that. No money in it. So, you know, went out, got a real job, did all that. Um, don't you hate those people? I don't do I that. I do hate those people. It's more about them. They're scared. You know, they don't want you to change or don't want you to go off and do something that they don't know about. Oh, 100%. 100%. But, you know, I listened and, um, you know, shaped my own surfboards on the side and had, you know, it wasn't really a business. It was just shaping for mates and, and doing all that. Um, and really loved it. Like, at, you know when you do things as a kid and you don't even know why you're doing them? Mm. So I used to analyse every board I ever picked up. Even like when I was six, seven years old, I'd pick up a board and I'd study it and, you know, look at the curves, look at everything about it. Um, so that when I started shaping my own, I had a really good understanding of what, you know, why a board did a certain thing and what mm -hmm. changes I needed to make. So I had a really good understanding anyway. Um, and then it was, you know, back around... 2007, 2008, we just had a, f a flat spell and there was just no surf. And I really wanted to try stand-up paddling. Um, so borrowed one, tried it, got out in the surf. was super hard. But um, they were just big, bulky, just oh, heavy. They weren't designed for surfing. Mm -hmm. Most of the paddle boards at the time were from windsurfing companies. So they were... You know, they weren't really designed for surfing. So I thought, oh, I, I'm going to shape my own and use my surfboard shaping knowledge mm -hmm. and then realise, man, you can surf these things. Like, you know, I made them lighter, I made them responsive, you know, you could turn them and, uh, you know, then friends are like, hey, you know, can you make So are you one? still project managing, work, working for the man at this stage? No, no. Oh, so yeah, I'm, you're, I, you're away. I, I'm away. I, I went into it full time in 2014. Was that a hard decision? Doesn't sound like it. No, not at all. No, I built so it up. So yeah, I'm going to make stand-ups. Yeah, it was a side hustle for a couple of years. Yes. And then, you know, when it got to the stage... Tell uh, me about the side hustle. So doing it out of hours, getting home, working nine to five? Yeah, working, working, well, it was seven till three. Righto. Um, so... Probably surfing before seven. Yeah, surfing before seven. Getting home at three. Yeah, and then I'd, I'd just work on it. Um, so I was using other people's shaping bays, um... So we we did that for, well, I did that for two years, and then more and more people were saying, "I want to get into stand up," and then so go see Slats, you know, he's the man. But I didn't have cheap boards at that time, mm. you know, to make them in Australia and all the materials and the labour, it, it's quite expensive. So um, 
you know, that's why I started looking over overseas, trying to get production boards made. So we started then getting samples made overseas, bringing them in, selling them, and just it sort of happened organically. Mm-hmm. You know, it was I didn't set out to go. Oh, I'm going to make a stand up paddleboard brand and get it into retailers and all that. It just it was a very organic. The way so two years into your side hustle, Mick, you go, okay, this is this is this is fun. This is what I've been put on this earth to do. Yep. And I'm going to make a go with this. I'm going to turn it into a business. So you resign, you start your fire, you start the brand. Where'd the name come from? <laughs> Funny story. We actually, it started as SFS Squared, um, which exactly right. <laughs> when you talk about business names, that's... Um, Let me just write that down. SFS. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So no one could say it. Like, honestly, my wife would answer the phone and go, no one could say it. So... um we we ran with that for about a year and then just went ah we've got to we've got to change it. Um, so was it sh- Surefire? What was SFF? What was it standing so for? So you can't even I can't say. say. It. Um, it was actually there was four four mates that it was all like our initials. So it was sort of just when we got together we had fun and so right. I wanted to translate that into oh, a yeah. brand and you know keep that vibe happening. Um, but fascinating business names. Oh, they fascinate me because really I'm saying to someone the other day you know like Apple was always just a piece of fruit until Steve Jobs came along. So it's what you put into the name, but sometimes you just got to get the syntax and the way, you know, if you can't pronounce a name, then it's not a good name. Yeah, right? exactly right. So Surefire came along how? Um, so Surefire, we just threw names around. It took about right. six, months. Um, six months. I still wanted, yeah, we came up with so many different variations, but I still wanted to to keep the SFS in it. So Surefire Surf, SFS, yeah. sort of. And Surefire was, when, when I think about, what I wanted for the business, it was, you know, our boards are 100% quality. Our boards are top of the line. Our boards are, you know, ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so Surefire works every time. It's sort awesome. Of, yeah. You love it? I love it. So then, okay, so you, you're now working full-time for yourself? Yeah, I do do it. And now I've got another side hustle where really? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you do get bored. You're I doing do something you love and you've got another side hustle. Yeah, so, um, or during winter, it's, uh, you know, it, you don't sell that many. Um, so, yeah, I do some um, consulting work and all that on okay. the side. So, What kind of consulting? Business uh, consulting? For, yeah, business consulting and project management, um, stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that's interesting. I would have thought... I would challenge you on that to say that that just even though you're not selling as many boards, isn't that an opportunity to be working on the business, to be establishing partnerships, relationships, set you setting yourself up for when it is busy. It is, but um, with three kids, wife you and a mortgage, pay the bills. I've got to pay the bills as well. So, how was three kids and a wife? Yes. How was uh, how was that transition when you said I'm going to go and work for myself? Because I imagine you took a hit in pay in the early days. Massive, yeah. Uh, my wife's just a champion. Awesome. She hundred percent behind me. What's her name? Donna. We love Donna. We love Donna very yeah. much. Good on her. Yeah. Good on Donna. Yeah. She she said, "Look, go for it. You yeah. know, it's your passion." And oh, that's she awesome. believed in me. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Has there been moments when you've looked each other in the eye and gone, hundred percent? Sorry, darling. Yeah. Tell 100%. us about one of those moments. Um, there's been two big moments in 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 business. One of them was. We were doing quite well, and then the influx of cheap boards, and when I say influx, I mean like every every man <laughs> yeah. and his dog. Beep. Yeah, they were like, "Oh, there's money in stand up paddling." So they would, you know, you plumber down the road, the sparky around the corner. They all go, "Oh, email China, I'll I'll get a bunch of go boards." Go to Alibaba or go Alibaba. So yeah. they'd go to Alibaba. They'd get the cheapest boards possible. They didn't design them. They don't. They didn't know anything about them. Uh. They'd just 
send an email, get a container of boards and then go, oh, it's actually harder to sell these than I thought. So they dropped the price, they dropped the price, they dropped the price. But when people look online and there's 30 people trying to get their money back, they go, oh, well, that's how much paddle boards are. I mean, yeah. in fact, today, like just 10 minutes ago, I got a message, um, someone wanted to b- buy a paddleboard. I spent about a couple of minutes talking about things with him and then he's like, I've got a, I've got a budget of $550. <laughs> And he goes, I want a paddle, a bag, fins and a board. And I was like, you know, like people just, I don't know if they're, yeah, they, they're just uneducated or, or they're... Well, they're probably, I think they're, they're uneducated and they're educated. They're uneducated in that they don't really know what a good board, a quality board is and what it can do for their paddling. And they've been educated by the market. Correct. To say that, because there's a shop around the, down the road here in Noosa Junction Shouldn't even mention, I won't mention the brand name, but they they say on their front window from four ninety nine, and yeah. you do get the bag, and you do get the paddle, um, and you know, for me who who was looking at buying one a year ago, I've gone, oh, that's pretty cool. I can say entry point five hundred bucks, yeah, not knowing that it's just a China import and probably going to give me a really bad experience. Yeah, there is a like there is a market for the the entry level. I like Surefire has always been about probably your second or third board, um, you know. We actually looked at it as a business study, business case, and and looked at it and said, do we want to compete in this market? Mm. And we did the figures, and for us, there's just no money in it, and it's just a red ocean. There is so many people doing the cheap boards. What's a red ocean? Just blood, people, oh, like yeah, okay, sharks. Okay, and okay, just, let's not talk about that. You, know. you surf and I ocean swim. We don't want to talk, <laughs> we don't go there. So tell me... Um, Okay, so that was that was a first kind of hiccup when you looked on her in the eye and gone, geez, this is this is interesting. We're being smashed by all these cheap imports. It's bringing the price down. It's educating the market in a way we don't want them to be educated. Um, how do you, as the business owner who's trying to produce a quality product, manage that both mentally and from a commercial point of view? Yeah, so we we went we went like up further. So we concentrated on custom boards. Um, we all, all our marketing and, and everything was all about the quality of our boards, how well they surf, uh, why they, why they surf so good. We, you know, we talked about the flex and all the different characteristics and the material we used. So when someone tries a board and goes, I really like it, I want to now get into surfing, they would then look to get a surefire. Um, so, and, and we're finding that a lot. And then once someone gets on our board, we've, you know, ninety five percent of the time they stay with us, so they'll get two, three, four boards. Is that possible? Can they tr- try before they buy? Yes, yeah, we right. we definitely we've got uh, demo models and that. But that would be meaning buying at you know, local level where you are in New South Wales and coming to your factory and taking one out. But you do a lot of online sales and a lot of retail uh, wholesaling. Yes, we do. So some shops will um, have demo boards. Okay, um, that they'll they'll let the customers. Yeah, try it's hard, us. isn't it? It's like you just got to you got to have the the, the self-belief and the strength of mind to say, you know what, quality is king. Oh, 100%. Because I imagine, has it forced you, has this issue forced you to bring your price down to have an entry-level board? Oh, we do have an entry-level board, yes. Well, um, you have to, obviously. It's we we have to. It's, it, you know, it's, um, it's a fair chunk of the market. Yep. We're nowhere near as cheap as everyone else because we still, you know, I mean, I can go to a cheap factory. I can use cheap foam, cheap yep. resin, cheap fiberglass, you know, but... With my name on it, there's no way I'm doing that. I don't want returns. I don't want people coming back saying it delaminated at this, the fins smashed out, 
You know, we, we reinforce all the fins with a high-density foam. We reinforce the standing areas. We yeah. we do a lot of stuff a lot to make them up. Yeah, a lot, a lot of love. A surefire so board. I know when I sell it that that person's going to have the best experience. Yeah. The worst thing is, is if someone buys a board and, A, it's not the right board, it could be too small for them, they can't balance on it, mm-hmm. they're going to turn around and go, this sport's terrible. Yep. I don't want to do it. Um, conversely, if someone's board falls to bits, they go, oh, you know, I'm yeah. over this. Yeah. That's the last thing we want. We want to build up, you know, build the sport yeah, yeah, up yeah. And, and get more people into it. So I, I want to talk about the second moment where you looked Donna in the eye, and I know what that is, Mick, but before we touch on that, um, China, you'd mentioned factories, China. For you, that was a bit of a step into the unknown when you started Shorefire. Yeah, definitely. We we um, China is... <sighs> I don't even know how to explain China. China's <laughs> Have just a go. China's China's <laughs> ridiculous. And hello to um, all my Chinese. So listeners. basically, like if you go to Alibaba and you just try order something, you're not dealing with a factory. Ninety nine percent of businesses on Alibaba are trading companies, which is just like you or me say, we make paddle boards. You know, so for instance, if you're on Alibaba, you could say you make paddle boards. You then try get orders, then you come to me and go, Hey Mick, can you make me a set of paddle boards. So you're never really dealing with the factory. Even if you go over and visit the factory, that trading company will take you through a really good factory Mm -hmm. and say it's theirs. And they all say, no, it's our factory, it's our factory. You'll go for a tour of that factory. That's not their factory. They're just, you know, it's it's set up between them. Sounds Um, like something you do in North Korea. Yeah, and then, you know, you order and then they'll go down the road to a cheaper factory because they want oh, more, geez. you know. So just explain why we why are you going to China in the first place? Because you make all your you custom make your boards here in Australia. Yeah, in your factory, you're buying a certain amount. Are you from or you're getting a certain amount made? Yes, over there yeah. under the Surefire brand under yep. your specs. Yes, so I've got um, I hooked up with a really good factory early on, mm-hmm. um, and the way I did, the way I did that was uh, the way I did that was um, I went to. I actually went over there and visited a whole bunch of factories, mm-hmm. and I think I went through the you know the fake factory sort of thing. That would have been a classic. Listen, you got to understand, Mick is I'm six foot four. I reckon you're six foot five, nearly. Yeah, yeah. He's big boy, broad shoulders. You've walked into China. Yeah, show me some factories, boys. Yep. Yeah, that's a so classic. They would have seen you coming a mile away. Definitely, definitely. And you know, some some of the first samples we got were terrible. You know, mm. you'd get maybe one or two samples that were good. Mm. So you'd put through, and I never then put through a big order. I'd put through maybe ten pieces, and then those ten pieces would be terrible. So I thought I need to get into good factory. So there's an Australian company called AKU Aku, which makes a CNC machine specifically for cutting surfboards and paddleboards. So I rang them and said, can I have a list of every factory in China you've sold it to? So then I had 10 factories that have got it, paid $100,000 for it. They're serious. They're serious. Mm. Um, because I used to say, have you got a shaping machine? Because I don't want them hand-shaped over there. Mm. Everyone would say yes, you know, but you'd get the same photo back. Like, it's as if the same photo was circulating around yeah, right. and that will send the photos, right? Yeah. So. Send Slats the photo of the board that's, uh, <laughs> you know, the one we sent the other bloke? Exactly right. So, and then I visited all those factories, and a lot of those are run by Westerners. So I hooked up with a Hawaiian guy in this factory. He was a shaper glasser. Uh, we had a really good rapport, and I've been working with him ever since. So I know he's a shaper. He checks the quality too. You know, 
everything's the Mate, best Mate, you material. rolled the dice on that. I hear some horror stories about people, business owners going to China to get things made and then, you know, boxes will get delivered and they feel as though they're fairly weighty and your product's in there and then you open them up and there's bricks or, you know, something's just giving it a bit of weight and weighing it down. So... Yeah, you've kind of, uh, you've stepped into the uh, the great unknown. Yes. You've come out and you reckon you've nailed it now. Yeah, well, I I fly over like once or twice a year. Right. Check on production as well. Um, But I get photos all through the process as well um, from the the blanks shaping the whole I don't imagine the Chinese are big on stand-up pedal boarding or surfing. They are. They're starting to. Are they? Yeah, the last two years, they've they've actually got some comps running, and they're starting wow. to. Yeah, it's. I've seen because I've been there ten years now, so it's it's. Um, okay. I've seen the whole the whole change. It's it's quite amazing. That's interesting. Yeah, but also with the China thing, this is another funny <laughs> story. I was actually sitting in the the office with this Hawaiian guy, and we're just chatting, and I get an email, and I get probably ten emails a week of, "Hey, we make boards," you know get your boards done through us. All of them are trading companies pretty much. So anyway, it says, oh, we do this brand, this brand, this brand, and Surefire Boards. And I'm like, ah. hey, what's going on here? Yeah. And there's photos of the factory, there's photos of the guy's car, wow. and there's photos of my boards, Surefire Boards. And I said, what's going on here, mate? And he goes, who sent that? And he looks at it, he goes, no way, that's the guy that delivers the water cooler. <laughs> he goes, last week... He came in and he goes, I've never never been around your factory. I've been delivering water here for years. Yeah. Do you mind if I have a quick look? He ran around, took photos, and then emailed all these businesses. That's gold. But ha- it's, you, just you, side, it's just a side hustle for him, mate. You had a side, a side hustle. But he he, he, he emailed <laughs> info at Shorefire Boards and says, we do Shorefire Boards. Wow. It's, yeah, he sort of had smart. a smart on one end, not so smart on the other. Correct. Mick, the other time you looked Donna in the eye uh, when things weren't going so well is when you discovered you had an autoimmune disease. Yeah. How'd that go? Not well. Not well. I'd uh, been suffering for about four to five years, didn't know what was going on, just knew I was tired, couldn't think, um, just, yeah, not myself. A um, lot of anxiety, depression, just going downhill. Every doctor I went to said, of course you're tired, you're getting older, you got three kids and you run your own business. Thanks, Doc. You know? Thanks, Doc, yeah. So it wasn't until I went to Indonesia two years ago on a surfing trip and I didn't even want to go. Like that's – I had no passion left in anything. And um, I said to Donna, I, I, I don't even want to go on this trip. She's like, come on, you know. So anyway, second day there, body just shut down, went into convulsions, whole body went numb, thought I was having a heart attack. We're 80 nautical miles off the coast of Sumatra nothing around, on a boat, middle of nowhere. So um, woke one of the boys up, said, can you look after me? Wrote Donna and the kids a, basically a farewell letter. And, um, yeah, anyway, when we come home, got tested and, yeah, had an autoimmune. You were that crook that you wrote your family a farewell letter? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You still got that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's still... It's still um, pretty fresh, but um, I was adamant, okay, I know what it is, what do I need to do? So I went to so many different specialists, researched everything, diet, you know, meditation, acupuncture, like I researched everything, did everything possible on a lot of medication to block certain things and do other things, Um, but 
in the last probably six months, I've really come good. So I'm surfing. Like I, if I surf for five minutes, I just sleep for 18 hours. Like I was- You used to. Yeah, I used to. Now I can I can surf all day. You look as fit as a fiddle, mate. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've really come good. I'm back and I'm clear. I'm focused. Like I, two years ago, I couldn't make a decision. I'd walk around my factory and just look at things and go, okay, I need to do this, 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 and this. And then I go, oh, it's time to go home. I've done nothing. Mm. Like I honestly, I was buckled. Um, but now, yeah, crystal clear, focused. So, w- w- what was the cure? What did, what, what did you? There is no a, one a, a cure. Number of different it's, things. I, every doctor I went to almost gave me a piece of a jigsaw puzzle, and I put the jigsaw puzzle together myself and listened to my body and go, okay, that didn't help. That really helped. I'm going to try implement that. Does that help? Exclude that food. Do this. Um, so there's not much I can really eat still, but what I can eat. I eat a lot of. What is it? Um, so I can't have, <laughs> it's a cl- classic, it's hard to go out to a restaurant. I can't have gluten, dairy, sugar, um, eggs, most nuts, ginger, tomatoes, yeast, like the list goes on. What can you eat? Yeah, but basically meat and vegetables. That's um, not a bad thing. So that's yeah. like a, um, what do they call that? A um, Like there's keto, paleo, keto. all that type pa- of stuff. Paleo. But yeah, so like there's foods I'm intolerant to and stuff. So, wow. um, so you just through a process of elimination and a doctor's advice, put the jigsaw together yourself. Yeah. And um, do you ever ever have relapses? Uh, if I push myself too hard, but I'm I'm pushing myself pretty hard. And my goal my goal was always to paddle the Molokai race, which is 52 k's between Hawaiian islands. It's one of like a really hard race. And my goal was always to do that. And then when I got sick, I'm like, there's, there's no way I can do that. So now next year, my goal is to, to do that. What did, it, what did that do to the business when you had that autoimmune disease? Uh, pretty much crippled it, yeah. I just, you know, simple things like I've got to ring this retailer and do this and put this order in, you know. And a week later, I'm like, I still haven't put that order wow. in. Yeah. Um, uh, do you have income disability insurance? Uh, yes, but I, I didn't implement that. Why? I don't know. I went out and that's. I went out and was um, not cheap income disability insurance. Probably no. a good thing to use if you do get crook. True. I didn't even think about that. Okay. To be honest. Yeah. Maybe go back. I think it might might be retrospective. I don't know. Who knows? Not to be discussed here because I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but it nearly crippled the business. Uh, but it didn't. You're no. here to tell the story. Yeah. When you say crippled, how low did we go? We went really low. We were, we were borderline going under. Owed money, nothing coming in. Yeah. Yeah. But... How'd the know, relationship hold out? Donna seems pretty awesome. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She work? Yeah, she works three days a week. Three kids? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a good story, mate. Yeah. Uh, so now you're back. Yeah, sure, just... Yeah. Surefire is firing along and you are... It's not a big business yet. What are your dreams for it? You want it to be a big business? Or yeah, you I, for I, to be, yeah, I want it to be an want to be international a business. Um, I don't know about a rip curl, but I, I want to be, the goal is to be the most recognised stand-up paddleboard brand in the world. Um, and I've got a plan to implement to do that. Um, we don't have to be the biggest turnover, but I want to be the, the most recognised. How will you measure it? How, uh, how will you know when you're there? When someone in another country, when someone says, I want to learn paddleboarding, they say, go check out Shorefire Boards hmm. YouTube channel or Facebook or Instagram. Who's doing that? Who's, who owns that spot now? This, you know what? There's not, any, there's not 
one person. Each person has their own little little thing going on and I've analysed everything and it's mine for the taking. What are the really good guys doing that you're not? They have big budgets, um, you know. They're, no one's really showing behind the scenes, which is where I can come in. Uh, my knowledge of board design, construction, you know, factories overseas, how you make paddles, um, you know, how to surf on them. You know, I've got a list of about 150 videos that we're, we're going to do. Oh, you have? Of. That's interesting. Because yeah. I looked at your YouTube. Yep. You've got a few videos up there, sort of rats and mice, you know, with respect, I say yep. that. But like, um, you know, there's, bit, there's videos of you out there doing something and another one. I mean, they're just, there's a couple of how-tos. Yes. And I noticed the two how-tos had the most um, engagement, which is no surprise because how, the how-to search on YouTube is the most popular search. Yeah. Um, so you couldn't, sounds like you have, you're going down the path of what I would call helpful marketing where you are going to have, what, some kind of knowledge centre on your website where people can find, you know, if they have any question about stand-up, yeah. you're the guy to answer, you're the brand to answer it. Correct, awesome. yeah. I always say someone has to be the most helpful in each industry. It may as well be you. Correct, yeah. I, I, I really believe... To, to make the brand bigger, it's about giving value. So we don't do, um, you know, buy this, you know, use this board, whatever. Like, we will show the benefits, but we won't we won't do the sales pitch at the end. Mm-hmm. So we just want to bring value. And then when we do ask eventually for the sale, then people have already, you know, they already know you, they're already comfortable. It's interesting. Um, I, I like that. Um the, the problem with it potentially is that you're not building emotion. You know how like Rip Curl's all about the search, yep. right? And that's so emotional for any surfer. The search is all about finding the perfect wave. And I guess all big brands focus on emotion. Yep. And in your, in your industry, in the surf industry generally, it's about being cool, right? Yep. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah. So your strategy, although I like it because someone has to be the most helpful, it may as well be you. It's not very cool. So how do you stay cool? Okay. I disagree. I think, um, you know, paddleboarding inherently isn't seen as cool, That's but boring. why can't it be? But <laughs> I, 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 I don't, don't understand why it can't be. Um, like for me, I surf on whatever craft's going to give me the most fun. Yes. So if it's a little close-out shorey, I'll be body surfing or I'll grab a bodyboard and pull into the barrel. Um you know, if it's big and barreling, I want to be on my shortboard. If mm-hmm. it's, you know, if it's really tiny, I can grab a, a massive paddleboard, pop the fins out and do spinners. I don't care. A finless little layer. I, honestly, to me, it's it's getting out there and having fun. I'm picking up what you're putting down, brother. Didn't understand a thing you said in the last minute, but it's very, it sounds very <laughs> cool to me. But, like, it's, it's to me, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's just an extension of getting you out there and, and putting a smile on your face. I nice. still remember when I was first shaping them, um, I went down to Cronulla and it was tiny and this this guy comes up and goes, oh, you're a gondola rider, look at you. Good on I, said, I said, oh, because it was really small and I said, oh, what are you doing now? He goes, oh, it's, I'm going home, there's nothing out there. And I said, well, I'm about to go out and have a, have have a, a ball and I'll be laughing and carrying on and so yeah. who's the dickhead now? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he looked at, he actually looked down and went, yeah, you're right. So, like, I, I honestly don't He's see... He's a tough guy. Yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I think, um, you know, I've had a lot of fun on my paddleboard in the surf. And so does that, okay, I like that thinking. Does that mean, therefore, that Shorefire Boards becomes more than stand-up and becomes a brand that basically 
no matter what's going on out in the ocean, you, you can well, assure, definitely. You, you so can assure some. We fun. do short. We do. I've got thirteen different surfboard models in my range. Okay. Uh, we do foiling. So we've we got foil surfboards, foil paddleboards. We actually have got foils. The actual hydrofoils. Yeah, uh, we've been doing prototypes for two years. Yeah, uh, we haven't brought that to market yet because I'm not a hundred percent on them, and I won't bring something to market unless it's hundred percent passes mm-hmm. my tests. Um, so yeah, we're we're expanding into right. a whole bunch of other other areas. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, you can't do all this right now. I remember the email you sent me. You said you were doing it. You're doing everything. In fact, did I, did I write it down? Because it was like, really? You're doing... Here we go. I pretty much run the entire operation from designing, shaping boards, sales, marketing, social media, website, building and maintenance, sourcing overseas factories, quality control, shipping, accounting, customer service. Mick, no wonder you had autoimmune disease, oh, mate. No, tell me about it. Tell me about it. But, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's, that, that's... A, that can't continue. No, definitely. And B, something's going to break. So there's that decision you need to make as to you know at what point do you start to employ and scale and yeah, so maintain got, everything you've built yourself. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're in talks with a couple of investors at the moment. Um, you know we've we've got interest from Hawaii, Taiwan, um, Japan, uh, Italy. So I'm chasing those leads at the moment. Um, and yeah, I basically talking to a business development strategist as well. Interesting. Yeah. So, so you're going to give away a slice of the company for some dough, and that dough you're going to put into what? Well, it's it's not all about the money. If someone said, "Here's the money," but I've got no skills, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. Someone has to have the skills I don't have. That's more important to me than the money. Mm-hmm. So if someone's really good at building a business, really good at going internationally, and they've got that whole business side and accounting down and I can stick with the artist side of things mm-hmm. and doing what I'm good oh, at. Oh, that's interesting. Then then we're a good match. So you want to, you want to maintain that creative... You, what you love about your business is the creative side. Yeah, Going definitely. back to when you were a kid and looking at boards and yeah. figuring out how they were shaped and then, yeah, that'll be interesting because I often see... And I, and I, I get a tinge of sadness when I see business owners who have been on the tools and they've built a great business... And then it gets to the point where they have to scale and that means they have to get off the tools and employ others to be creative and be on the tools and they're off doing business stuff. And some are made for it, but others, I look at them and go, oh, you're not really enjoying that. You're enjoying the fact that it's, you're generating a whole lot of money. So your challenge will be to somehow be in the back room and continue to shape and design and, you know, put all the love and care into these boards while someone else worries about the business side of things. Yeah, I, I, I do like the business side of things, but not to the level, right. you know, I'm, I'm better at, mm. at the artistic side of things. So I've also built my personal brand alongside it. So, you know, Mick Slattery is different from Surefire. We're to, together, but it doesn't, we don't have to be. So I've actually designed a range of boards for two other brands hmm. um, and just got a royalty off. Like white labelling it? Yeah. Here's the board, put your own brand on it. And yeah, 100%. Interesting. So, because they know that my designs are good for, for surfing and, and all that. So, um, you know, I, I see I see options everywhere. Cool. Well, yeah. your challenge would be to kind of not lose focus. Yeah. You're a bit of a bright, shiny object kind of guy, are you? Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I don't mind a bright, shiny object. Mick, tell me about the marketing currently of your business. Don't imagine you have a huge marketing budget. No, we we dabbled in, in ads 
Google ads, Facebook ads. Didn't really have much response for them. So what I've done is analysed each, the, the engagement you get through each different outlet. So Facebook, we, we used to post the same content on everything and it didn't work. Mm. So Facebook seems to be more, I get out from a surf, I just get the camera out, do a bit of a mm. thing, oh, I rode this board today, the conditions were this, I changed the fins up, it went like this, that type of stuff. Huge engagement with that. If I put that on YouTube, don't get any views. Mm. Mm. Um, if I put a long form sort of video on YouTube and it goes well, like the how-tos, and I put that on Facebook, not the best. So it seems like people's attention spans are different for each different... Well, I, th- I think what's happening, and I'm no social media guru, uh, that's for sure. Uh, as a father of three teenagers, I hate social media. I've been on record as saying that, so I'm happy to put, put it out there. But as, as a small business marketing guy, I think it's amazing. And I think what you've identified there, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this in a book, he's a social media guru, who wrote a book called Jab, 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 Right Hook. What you've identified is what his theory is, which is each social media platform is different. So Facebook is a party, right? You you talk about where you are, who you're with, what you're doing, what brands you're enjoying, all that kind of stuff. It's just party conversation. So coming out of the surf, doing a selfie video and going, I've just ridden this board, swell's awesome, I'm down at Cronulla, that's Facebook. Facebook loves that stuff and the people on Facebook love it. Whereas YouTube, the how-to... Yeah, you know, it's much more of a, of a of a kind of educational space. Correct, often yeah. YouTube, educational and or entertainment, and then like Instagram is more kind of Gary talks about it being more where you glamify stuff, where you put your beautiful photos. Yeah, notice you've got a couple of lovely photos on the front page <laughs> of your website, surefireboards.com.au. Check that photo out, um, and then yeah, so it goes like that. Right, and LinkedIn is a networking event. So you have a you have a business conversation on LinkedIn. You wouldn't put yourself coming out of the surf on LinkedIn. So no. yeah, yeah, that's what you've identified. Yeah, and that's working for you. Yeah, it's definitely working for us. Um, and yeah, we're just continuing to to choose the right content for different platforms. Yep. Uh, I compete at the state level, sometimes a national level in in stand up paddle surfing. So I know basically all the the big guys in Australia, and mm-hmm. so we get we get the chat. Um, I've started or been involved with starting three clubs in Sydney, paddleboard clubs. Oh, yeah. One's a downwind club. The other was a mixture of racing and surfing. And then we've just got a, a, a new surfing one. So so you've started those clubs? Yeah, I've been involved in starting them, yeah. so That's interesting. Yeah, over it's been over the 10 years. So it's um, we're just trying to foster that whole community aspect of it mm-hmm. as well. So um, it's, a, it's not any one thing. That's mm. that's been you know I, I, can't, I can't put my finger and just go yeah it's definitely YouTube or it's definitely this or it's definitely that. Where do you make the majority of your dough, and where where does the majority of your inquiry come from in your sales? Um, through Facebook and Instagram, hmm. um, but I find that if someone watches a YouTube video, they'll then go and search you out on on either of those platforms. So, and it's generally through you know I'll put up videos of one of our models. After a few times, then people will start going, yeah, I really, yeah. you know, I like the way that surfs and I want that one. So, mm-hmm. um, and all our, uh, most of our custom orders don't come through the website, they'll come through social media. You know who you remind me a bit of, and I can't think of the bloke's name right now, but it's the guy who started Patagonia. Okay. You read that story? He's I written, haven't read he, it. But... He's written a book called Let My People Surf which is basically if the surf's up, his staff are surfing, right? Yeah. And past guest Jen Gill, who, was, who owns Mountain Bikes Direct, 
it's an eight-figure online mountain biking business. She also has that view. She only employs mountain bikers. Yep. And uh, again, you know, if the guys want to go out mountain biking, then they can. Um, but the, the Patagonia guy is interesting because he's all about quality. In fact, he, he has this kind of view that please don't buy my T-shirts or clothes because you don't need another T-shirt or another jacket, right? But if you do, buy mine. And if it breaks, even after 10 years... He's got stores all over America where you can go in and get your zip zipper fixed or a, a, wow. a, yeah. So yeah, there's a bit of you in bit of you and him, I reckon. Not a bad thing. No. That's a billion dollar plus brand. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind to <laughs> bit of build it to that. Yeah. Uh, so five years time, what's Surefire Boards look like? Uh, Surefire Boards will be a multinational company. Uh, we'll have distributors in a number of companies and the countries. countries, and um, yeah, I'll. I'll definitely have a business partner. How many staff? Uh, I reckon we'll have about five, five right. to six staff, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's nice and small. Yeah, I don't, I don't like... think you need to be to be massive. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that that's enough to, to, you know, encompass everything that needs to happen. Give Donna what she needs because she's an ace chick. You know, that's enough to give keep her in whatever she needs to be kept in. Three kids. Any kids stand up or yeah. surfing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. My daughter loves it. Oh, that's awesome, buddy. Yeah. Hey, well, listen, Mick, awesome story. So glad you're over your autoimmune. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing that. Anyone who has it, what would you suggest? Is there a, I uh, won't go back over cures or anything because you've done that. I was going to say, is there a number to call? But there's not. not no. Like, there's, don't call Lifeline. There's not. There's, um, just quickly, I joined a couple of Facebook groups oh, yeah, good and point. all that, but most people were very negative on there and you've got to be positive. Yeah. You need to have a positive outlook and you need to be willing to fight it yeah. and do whatever's possible. Well, you got that, buddy. And I will direct everyone to surefireboards.com.au for all your stand-up, surfing needs, bit of merch. That's it. Oh, can I just note, say that uh, we've just been nominated for Stand-Up Paddleboard Brand of y- the Year? You have too. You have too. How remiss of me not to mention that. That's a big get. That's a really big get. Massive. Nominated by who? So it's a big American stand-up paddleboard magazine, um, one of the biggest, and there's 30 brands represented. And you're running third at the moment. We're running third. So we're up against the biggest multinational companies, like multi, multi-million dollar companies, and little old me's running third. Buddy, so. when's that competition finish? It should finish very soon, oh. so can you please go Well, on, this buddy. goes out in two weeks' time, <laughs> oh, so okay. it's a bugger, but that's awesome. I mean, that is a, you know, in terms of, I asked you earlier, how are you going to measure when you kind of get to that point where you want to be? Yeah. That's pretty good. That recognition is mighty. Yeah, it's very good. And even coming third, you know, not a bad outcome against some multinationals. No, definitely. Be some good publicity in that for you, I reckon. Oh, I'll be, I'll be, be grabbing onto that. <laughs> you'll Don't worry be about working that, that like, you're, like you're working nice right-hander. <laughs> Mick Slattery, surefireboards.com.au is where you'll find him. Thanks, buddy. I wish you all the best. No worries. Thank you. High five. Is that what you do? Is you... Ah, <laughs> oh, shaka. Oh, shaka. Doesn't make any noise, though. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. No worries. Thank you. Well, there you go. Surefire Boards founder Mick Slattery. Fingers crossed he gets voted best stand-up brand for 2019. Here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Mick. Attention grabber number one. When a price fight begins in your industry, avoid getting caught up in it because that, my friends, is a dead-end street. Instead, remain focused on what you're best at, what you love doing. And like in Mick's case, it's producing a quality product. Attention grabber number two, 
I love how Mick remained positive through those tough times as he dealt with his autoimmune disease. What an incredible story. Like instead of being the victim and looking for others to blame, he just said, there is an upside here and I'm going to find it. Glass half full kind of guy. Should be more of that. Attention grabber number three. I just love Mick's overall enthusiasm. Like he flew up from Sydney for the interview. He was so excited to be in the studio. He was taking heaps of videos. He even got me to ring a mate of his who listens to the show. Like, I just love it, you know. Lose all pride, just be excited. And then he was off to visit retailers in the local area. Like, he's just smashing it. Enthusiastic, on purpose, loving what he does. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. What grabbed yours? Be sure to block out some time and implement it. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Oh, yes, indeedly doodly. It is time to reward another motivated listener who has taken some swift, some serious marketing action simply as a result of listening to this show. And today's winner is... Dan Ianson of Applied Design, which according to his website, specialises in the production and installation of environmental graphics and branding in the workplace. Quite a mouthful. I had to kind of check out what that meant, but it looked pretty good. And Dan says this. He starts off with, hi, Timbo. Just had to say a big thank you for the E-Myths Michael Gerber interview. I have always liked the phrase, work smarter, not harder, but never really knew what it meant. I do now. Your discussion with Mr. Gerber... Oh, it's very formal. Mr. Ianson. Your discussion with Mr. Gerber illuminated me to this concept and I immediately purchased his book, The E-Myth Revisited. The first chapter felt like it was written specifically for me and as I started to make the changes outlined in the book... I not only felt an immediate impact on my business, but felt a rejuvenated passion for my business that I've been searching for for some time now. That's awesome. Love it. Keep up the great work, Timbo, and I'm looking forward to your new podcast coming out soon. Kind regards, Dan, appliedesign.net.au. Hey, thanks, Dan. And that new podcast, um, it's been delayed a little. Um, it is called The Idea Exchange. I mentioned it in an episode a few weeks ago. Uh, by way of update, um, it's underway. And in fact, I'll give an update next week. That's what I'll do. I won't bother you with it. Now, we're in the monster prize drawer, and this is all about Dan. Dan, you have won... For your troubles, boxing gloves from Fitness Enhancement, they're valued at 40 bucks. Access to Jeff Anderson's video marketing course, that's 197 bucks. $50 snack-wise sample box, 500 bucks worth of Liars non-alcoholic spirit range, in fact, over 500 bucks worth. Say a skincare's basin essentials pack, that's 79 bucks. A box of Mr. Lee's noodles, 30 bucks. A $50 Sendal voucher, $100 voucher to buy some tradies undies, plus this is priceless, promotion on the show, this show, and a backlink in the show notes. Google love that because my website's quite Google juicy. Is that a phrase? Is that an SEO kind of term? I don't know. Hey, to enter, if you haven't, you want to win because you can, send me an email, tim at timreed.com.au. Tell me one idea you've implemented on the show. If I read it on air, you win. 
Before we wrap things up, just a reminder that you'll find hundreds more episodes full of ideas to grow your business over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. And if you're getting value from listening to this podcast, this 11-year-old podcast, then don't keep it a secret. Be sure to let other business owners know about it. Next week, we catch up with Masua to the stars, Kim Powers. And when I say stars, we are talking like Kylie, Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, She explains exactly how she's made that happen. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reid, produced by the adorable Matt Dwyer. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. Now get out there and take action. 